Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. We hope that it will encourage you as you seek to follow God and grow in your faith. If you would like to know more about our church, you can check us out at www.ritmangrace.org or feel free to email us at ritmangbc at aol.com. But for right now, let's get into today's message. Awesome. Thanks, Julie. Well, good morning, everyone. Hope everybody's uh, doing good. I'm going to open us up in some prayer, and then we're going to continue with our message in the series we're in, the seven sayings of Christ from the cross. Well, Father, we uh, come to you this morning, and uh, we ultimately uh, don't know what the future holds. Uh, These are times of uncertainty. Uh, We don't know what the future holds, but we know that you ultimately hold uh, the future. Just want to say thank you for um, just the scripture reading this morning to remind us that uh, uh, you came uh, for a mission, Jesus, and you accomplished that mission. And uh, I thank you that we can have peace and comfort Uh, in that uh, truth in the midst of everything going on uh, with the COVID-19 worldwide pandemic. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for everybody who's tuned in this morning and uh, help us to bless you in our time and speak to us through your word. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, good morning again. Uh, My name's Clark, by the way. I'm one of the leaders here at uh, Ritman Grace. And if we have never met, um, I'd love to meet you, get to know you uh, face-to-face at some point in time. Uh, but for now, we'll uh, just have to enjoy this online service together. So I'm glad we could be together today. And I just want to say that if you uh, regularly attend the Ritman Grace Brethren Church, uh, we miss you. We look forward to the day we can uh, physically gather again as the church, the body of Christ. Uh, we're thinking of you and we're praying uh, for all of you. And I just want to say as well, if you uh, somebody invited you to tune in and you, you don't regularly attend the Ritman Grace Brother Church. I just want to say I'm glad that we can be together for this time, and uh, thanks for tuning in this morning. Hope you're doing well um, in light of everything going on with the COVID-19. So hopefully everybody's doing good, um, and uh, I'm excited to continue this uh, series that we have been in called The Seven Sayings of Christ from the Cross. And so as you can imagine, uh, the series that we've been in, this is all about Jesus. This is all about Jesus as he is uh, on the cross. The cross, as a lot of us know, if we're uh, followers of Jesus, uh, if we call ourselves Christians, that the cross is kind of the the pinnacle of Jesus's ministry. I mean, aside from the resurrection, the the cross is really where uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus became what we call the atoning sacrifices for our sins, not only for my sins and yours, but for the sins of the world. And so it is from the cross that we've been saying that uh, these last words of Jesus from the cross, uh, these are probably some of the most uh, timeless and transcendent words ever spoken in human history. And uh, although uh, these may not be uh, Jesus's last and final words, because he he raises from the grave in three days after the crucifixion, but in a sense, these are uh, his last words. And so uh, they've been really uh, interesting to look at and study together, and I'm going to excited to continue doing that uh, with you this morning. So uh, let me just say that if you're just now joining us uh, for this seven-part series that we've been in, I just want to say if if you missed the past couple weeks, uh, go back and get caught up. We have a couple different media platforms you can do that. I assume if you're watching live through Facebook, you might be able to scroll down and find some other videos. Or if you go to our uh, Google or Apple podcast, you could subscribe and get all caught up that way as well. However you do that, those are for you. And we just want to encourage you to to do that if you choose to. 
but we've been in this series. This is uh, kind of getting to the tail end of this series. So if you're just now uh, joining us, uh, if you missed a couple weeks, so uh, we're continuing continuing this conversation. And uh, let me just say that uh, just to recap a little bit. At the beginning of this series, uh, we talked about where Jesus says, uh, from the cross, uh, we talked about forgiveness, where Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. In week two, we talked about where Jesus says, from the cross, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Uh, The week after that, we talked about where Jesus says, from the cross, a woman here is your son, to the disciple, here is your mother. Uh, The week after that, we talked about abandonment, where Jesus says, from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then uh, last week, if you tuned in, you probably remember where we talked about uh, where Jesus says, from the cross, I am thirsty. And today we're going to uh, continue this uh, conversation by talking about where Jesus says, famously says, it is finished. And so I'm excited to, to do that with you today. Uh, throughout this series, we said that uh, a couple things that we want to kind of keep in mind, uh, keep in the back of our minds as we go through this uh, seven-part series together. Uh, number one, we said we want to recognize that uh, Jesus has a spiritual nature. Uh, Jesus also has uh, a human character, and then he has a, a divine mission, that the cross uh, was Jesus's mission. So I want to talk a little bit about those individually for a minute. Uh, the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, that in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, what the Bible's talking about is what a lot of people call uh, a lot of people call this the hypostatic union, where Jesus is fully man and he is fully God. So that's kind of a big deal, and you can forget that. It doesn't matter that you know about the hypostatic union, but what is important to know is that Jesus is he's fully man, meaning that he has thoughts like us, he has emotions like us. Uh, Jesus experienced real pain just like us. He experienced frustration uh, just like us. And so he is like us, but at the same time, he's fully God. And so the Bible says that in him there was no sin to be found. And so Jesus, he is fully man, he's fully God. And then the Bible tells us about Jesus's divine mission. And uh, this kind of teaching is all throughout scripture. But in one uh, verse in Luke chapter 19, the Bible says, Jesus says this about himself, in fact, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. And so this is huge. Jesus is on a divine mission. And so uh, Jesus on the cross, like I said earlier, he became uh, the, the sacrifice for the sins of the world. That's a really big deal, and one of the goals in this series is that we want we want to know God so that we can make Him known, make Him known to people who have never maybe even heard the gospel. They've never heard that Jesus is as our, our Savior. So, just want to remind us with that as we uh, continue this series together. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about this saying where Jesus says, "It is finished," which is a, a huge statement to unpack. Um, as a lead into today's conversation, I actually just want to ask you a question. And have you ever found yourself saying this or thinking this phrase before? I just can't seem to get it all done. Or have you ever thought to yourself or said to somebody, I just need more time? Well, maybe you can identify with that. I know I can. There's, there's just so many things to get done. Uh, but the reality is we're not going to get everything done. And I have some bad news for you. Uh, you're probably going to leave this earth with some unfinished business, right? Uh, We live in in a world where there's only so many hours in a day. There's only so many years that we're given. 
And the reality is we're probably going to leave this earth with some unfinished business. The only person in history who died with any, without any unfinished business was, of course, Jesus Christ. Uh, we live in a world full of unfinished projects, unfinished uh, building structures, unfinished dreams. I'll give you a couple examples of what I'm talking about. Uh, Mount Rushmore, I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, this is an unfinished project. Uh, the guy who uh, started it, uh, he passed away a long, long time ago, and then his son uh, took over for about four months, and then it uh, was declared finished. Right, But it's an unfinished project. Another uh, unfinished project that a lot of us might uh, know, if we're from Ohio, we grew up in Ohio, you're probably familiar with uh, Cuyahoga Falls. There's a tower there that uh, somebody uh, started, they might have run out of money, I don't know the whole story, but it's an unfinished Project. I think it's like a cell phone tower now. But uh, we have these unfinished projects, these unfinished buildings, unfinished dreams. We live in a world of unfinished projects. So here's, here's why this message this morning is so important. Here's why I want to encourage you uh, to really dial in for the next 30 minutes. Uh, this statement that Jesus says from the cross, it is finished. It's actually one word in the Greek to tell us die. Uh, which you can forget that, but I think it adds more power to what Jesus is saying. But this statement that Jesus says from the cross, uh, I believe that this determines where you spend eternity. And so whether you're a Christian, uh, let me just affirm what you might already believe to be true, hopefully. Uh, but if you're not a follower of Jesus, if somebody invited you to just tune into this, uh, dial in for the next uh, 30 minutes with me, if, if you would, because I, I truly believe, like all cards on the table, I mean, I'm a leader at a church, so obviously I, I put my eternal soul on, on this uh, belief that uh, when Jesus says from the cross, it is finished, that that statement really does determine whether how we interpret that it will determine where we spend eternity so this is huge i don't want us to to miss uh, what jesus is saying today because i think there's a lot at stake i think there's a lot that hangs in the balance i think our eternity is really what's at stake a relationship with christ and a relationship with our heavenly father but even more than that where you spend eternity so so don't miss what jesus is saying today this is a huge huge statement Listen, I assume that you're probably not taking notes. You're probably sitting at home in your living room in your pajamas still, or maybe at the breakfast counter eating a bagel, but which is really specific. But uh, but let me just say this. Uh, if you want to go back later and maybe take notes, or maybe you just want to jot this down on a on a uh, index card or a post-it note, uh, I want us to remember one thing. If you forget everything we talk about today, remember this. That Jesus finished what we could not. Jesus finished what we could not. What am I talking about? Where am I getting that from? Well, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 19. John, chapter 19, we were there last week. We're going to look at it again. Uh, a couple verses uh, before that, you'll notice that we'll cover what we talked about last week. But uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 19, and it says this, Later knowing that everything had now been finished so that Scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. So something I want us to, to notice here, uh, obviously this is going to be our statement of the week. It is finished. I think it's pretty obvious that that's, that's our statement this week. And I also think it's pretty obvious that that's where we get our big idea, that uh, Jesus finished what we could not. 
I want to talk about what may not be so obvious about this statement. Uh, you might have heard a lot of sermons on this if you, if you are a follower of Jesus. So my guess is you might have heard Sunday school teachings or sermons on this, or maybe if you don't follow Jesus, you've never heard this before. But what is so uh, interesting about this statement, it is finished, is that uh, this is a statement that is a statement of victory. Um, this is a this is a statement when Jesus says it is finished. He's not saying something happened to me. He's saying that he has done something, that he has accomplished something. It's a, it's a statement of victory. Jesus is the champion. There's a lot of statements of victory throughout history, throughout time. If you think about General MacArthur when he said, I shall return, and then he goes to the Philippines. If you think about Neil Armstrong when he landed on the moon and said the eagle has landed. Uh, what are those? Those are statements of victory. But when Jesus says from the cross, it is finished. That statement of victory is more important than any other statement of victory. This is these three words. It is finished. Like I said earlier, uh, th these three words, the, depending on how you interpret that, it determines where you spend eternity. And so this is huge. Another thing about that statement, it is finished, is the irony of that statement. Listen, if if, if you and I were to jump in a time machine and we went back two thousand years to the crucifixion which would be really cool if we could. But let's just imagine that we did that uh, 2,000 years ago, 1st century AD, at Jesus' crucifixion. Uh, when Jesus said from the cross, it is finished, uh, there was a lot of irony in that statement because a lot of the individuals and a lot of the groups of people that were there, they probably would have misunderstood what Jesus said. They probably would have totally missed what Jesus meant to, to mean, the significance behind what he said. For example, let me give you a couple different examples. So uh, the Roman soldiers, when they heard Jesus say, it is finished, uh, they probably thought to themselves, well, yeah, like our, our political headaches are over. This, this guy's finished. He's been causing all this trouble for us. So, so now this, uh, this guy's finished. Uh, Pontius Pilate probably thought the same thing. My political headaches are finished. Uh, the religious teachers of the law and the Pharisees, when they heard Jesus say, it is finished, they probably thought, our competition is finished. This guy, Jesus, who is so much more popular than we are, he's finished. And uh, if, if you think about it, uh, Jesus' own disciples, Jesus' own followers, uh, they probably, when they heard Jesus say it is finished, they probably thought, man, our, our, our dream, the kingdom of God, it's finished. We might as well just go home and go back to fishing. And even Satan, even the devil himself, probably thought to himself, okay, the Son of God, he's finished. I won. I beat God. All of these groups of people, all of these individuals, completely misunderstood what Jesus said when he said it is finished. Because what Jesus says, he doesn't say that uh, he is finished. He doesn't say I am finished. He says it is finished. And this statement is huge. This is a statement, as I mentioned, it's a statement of victory, that Jesus is the victor, that he's the champion, that Jesus won. He defeated Satan, sin, and death at the cross. Now, let me try to uh, give us a, a further kind of expand our, our view of what happened in this moment when Jesus said, it is finished. Um, the Bible shows us in First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 18, the Bible says this, that for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. Notice, to bring you to God. That's a huge statement right there as well. To bring you to God. Essentially, Jesus is saying that I have done it. It is finished. I have spanned the infinite distance between you and God. I have brought you all the way to God. I have 
done it. I have accomplished it. I have finished it. There's nothing else that you have to do because I've brought you all the way. I've traversed the infinite distance between you and God. This is huge. Jesus restored that broken relationship, our sin that separated us from God. Jesus spanned that infinite distance, brought us all the way to God. And that's the gospel. That's the good news. Listen, if we could uh, summarize the gospel in uh, one statement, uh, this is kind of Christianity 101, the gospel in a nutshell. But if we could summarize Christianity in a phrase, we might say, it is finished. Uh, here's the deal. When Buddha died, uh, his last words, according to tradition, was seize without striving. When Jesus Christ dies, he says, don't you dare strive because I've done all the striving necessary. Religion says, finish the work. The gospel says, receive the finished work. Religion says, if you finish the work, then maybe God will love you. Maybe God will accept you. Maybe God will show blessings in your life. The gospel says, receive the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and God will love you and accept you and bless you more than you can ever dare to imagine. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And those are two completely uh, different lines of thinking. And so this is the good news of the gospel. And why can we have that acceptance from God? And the reason why we can have that acceptance from God, as we mentioned earlier, is because Jesus finished what we could not. He did everything. There's nothing less left for us to do. All we need to do is just accept what Jesus already did. And so this is a, a really, really big deal. And I think it, I think it uh, begs a question, like, do we actually believe this to be true? And uh, maybe for some of you, you heard the, the story of the gospel so many times. Jesus lived a perfect life. He died this perfect death. He rose from the grave. Uh, Jesus has forgiven my sins. I have eternal life. And maybe you've heard that message a million times. But the question is, do you actually believe that to be true in your heart of hearts? Or do you uh, subscribe to another line of thinking that says, okay, well, you know, I've messed up my life, but uh, what I like about Christianity is that Jesus, you know, he'll forgive me. He'll give me a second chance. And this time I'm really going to be the man or woman that I should be, right? This time I'm going to be the wife I should be. I'm going to be the husband I should be, the, the parent or the son or daughter that I should be. Last time I was Christian 1.0. This time I'm going to grit my teeth. I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to try harder and I'm going to be Christian 2.0. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to pray every day. I'm never going to miss church on Sunday. Never going to miss a Sunday school. I'm going to delete all my non-Christian music off of Spotify or Pandora. Listen, if that's you, you haven't got a hold of the fact that it is finished. I think there's a, there's a pit that we fall into sometimes for some of us that follow Jesus. Uh, we can fall into this line of thinking that says Jesus died on the cross so that I could have another chance to prove my worthiness. And the reality is Jesus became your worthiness on the cross. Jesus became your holiness on the cross. Jesus has traversed the infinite distance between us and God. He's brought us all the way. The Gospels that we're more messed up than we think we are, but in that same breath, we're more loved and accepted than we could ever dare to imagine. But sometimes we fall into, into two different lines of thinking. I want to share these uh, two different uh, thoughts with you. Uh, sometimes I think what can happen is we can think to ourselves, if we're not careful, uh, we, don't know that the, we don't know that it's finished when, number one, we think we're not good enough. So we can fall into what I call a Christian inferiority complex, where we can think to ourselves, you know, I just can't live up. 
you know, I'm just, I'm just not that good of a person, you know, and uh, we can beat ourselves up incessantly. Uh, we can beat ourselves up psychologically. We can beat ourselves up, some of us physically. And the problem is we don't know that it's finished. Jesus already took that beating for us. The crown of thorns, uh, the crucifixion, uh, the mocking. Uh, Jesus already took that beating for us. And, and really the problem is that we don't know that it's finished. And sometimes we try to finish the work that Jesus has already finished for us. Sometimes what happens is we don't fall into an inferiority complex, but we can fall into a superiority complex. Sometimes we think they're not good enough. We look at somebody else and we might think, you know, at other individuals and think like, you know, they're, they're not believing the right things. They're not thinking the right things. You know, if, if, if we look at non-Christians and we fail to show them compassion, right, and we think to ourselves, man, we're better than them, right? That's a moral superiority. The same problem, right? We don't know that it's finished, right? We're trying to finish something that Jesus has already finished for us. Virtually all of our problems fall from the fact that we're not satisfied in what Jesus did on the cross because we're not resting in the gospel. So, so both of those lines of thinking kind of says that we haven't gotten a hold of the gospel message somehow. Uh, let me give you an example. If, if I were to give you an exam and it had this question on it, how much did Jesus do on the cross? Right? A, half of what you need to get to God. B, three quarters of what you need to get to God. Uh, C, one quarter of what you need to get to God. Or D, everything you need to get to God. How many of us w would get that question wrong on an exam? Probably not many. And yet we're getting that wrong every day. In, in the way we live, in the way we think sometimes, the way we uh, believe. But the reality is uh, Jesus finished what we couldn't, right? Jesus did all the work for us, and, and there's nothing that we can do. All we need to do is accept what Jesus Christ already did on the cross. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, the death he died, he died to sin. Notice, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Hebrews chapter 7 Verse 27, the Bible says, He sacrificed for their sins, notice, once for all, when He offered Himself. In Hebrews 10.10, the Bible says, We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Christ. Notice, once for all. Right? This is final. Jesus said, It is finished to tell us die. He accomplished everything for us. There is nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can say. Jesus finished the work on the cross. All we need to do, all you need to do is accept what Jesus already did. There's a, a verse that we looked at earlier in our scripture reading. I want to go back to that again. Uh, this is before Jesus went to the cross. Uh, this is before uh, his uh, betrayal and his arrest, and he's praying to his heavenly father. And notice what Jesus says. He says, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. By finishing the work that you gave me to do. Essentially, Jesus is saying, mission accomplished. I'm about to go to the cross. I'm about to do the very thing that I was sent to this planet to do, to be the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world, to, to bear in his body the sins of us all. And so a couple things that I think that we could probably do this week, I want to try to give you a little bit of a homework challenge from now leading all the way up until Easter Sunday. Three things that you can do this week. Number one, is to write this down somewhere. It is finished. Uh, maybe grab an index card or maybe grab you know a post-it note or something and just write that down. It is finished. Put it somewhere that you can see it. And then secondly, I want you to do this. Uh, I want you to name the lie and insert the truth. 
to name the lie and assert the truth. Okay, so so let me give you an example. So there's just so many lies that we can tell ourselves. There's so many different voices that we that we hear. Sometimes there are voices. Sometimes it's the voice of the enemy saying that you're no good, right? You're you're not a good parent. You're not a good uh, son or daughter. You're not a good student. You're not a good athlete. So sometimes there's lies. Sometimes there's things that we could get better at. But sometimes those voices come from the enemy. So I want you to name the lie and insert the truth. What is the truth? We've been talking about it. The truth is that it's been finished, that it's finished, that Jesus finished what you could not, that 2,000 years ago, for those of us that place our faith in Christ, that our sins, our, our past sins and failures, they've been nailed to the, the cross on Calvary. And so I want us to find peace and comfort in that and just reflect on Jesus's costly sacrifice leading up to this Easter. And then thirdly, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer. Jesus, I'm so thankful that you gave your life for me to cover the full measure of my sin. You willingly gave your life for me. I will willingly live my life for you. You don't have to pray that exact prayer. That's just one that I kind of made up and I thought it was helpful for me. So maybe it can help you too. But let's just thank God for the cross. Let's just say, God, thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus to, to die for my sins, to bear in his body my sins and by his wounds I have been healed. Let's take time to do that leading up to Easter. Uh, just want to, again, reiterate our big idea that Jesus finished what we couldn't. Uh, I want to share a quick story before we conclude our time together. Once upon a time, there was an evangelist, and it might have been Deal Moody, but uh, anyway, it was some evangelist, and somebody came up to this guy, and they were like, what do I need to do? And the evangelist looked at him, and he was like, what are you talking about? And the guy said, what do I need to do to get into heaven? And then Moody looked at him and he's like, I'm sorry, you're too late. And he said, I'm sorry, you're too late. Uh, it's already been done 2,000 years ago. And I think what Moody said is, is dead on. There's nothing that we can do to get to heaven. There's not a single thing that you can do that I can do to get to heaven. But we can accept what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago. Uh, there's a verse, a pretty famous verse in Ephesians 2, uh, verses 8, uh, where the Apostle Paul says that it is, it is by grace that you have been saved, not by works, so that nobody can boast. There is nothing we can do to get into heaven. Jesus already did it. Jesus did everything to bring us. He, he spanned the infinite distance to bring us to God so that we could be accepted and loved more than we could ever dare to imagine. Listen, if you've never made a decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to do that. It's really not hard. It's simple. You don't have to do anything crazy. Say a crazy prayer. You don't have to sacrifice a cat or anything. Just between you and God, just say, Jesus, I believe you. Jesus, I receive you. And I want to surrender my life to you. I want to repent of my sins. I want to turn and follow you in obedience. And if you do that, would you tell somebody about that? Would you tell maybe a friend or a family member or maybe email or call somebody at the church? Uh, we would love to partner with you and we would love, uh, we count it an honor and a privilege to be able to journey with you in, in your new walk with Jesus. I'd encourage you to do that if you've never done that. For the rest of us, uh, I just want to imagine just the liberation that we could have uh, by uh, you know, reflecting on this truth that, that Jesus on the cross, when he said it is finished to tell us die, that he spanned the infinite distance between us and God. That he, in his body, he bore our sins on the cross. 
so that we could have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Please join me. Bow your heads, and uh, we'll close in a time of prayer. Well, Lord, we just uh, thank you so much for your cross, and we thank you uh, for what you've uh, done for us, God, that you've you've already done all the work, Jesus. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing that uh, any of us can do uh, to get into heaven other than to accept the work that you've already done for us. Uh, Lord, forgive us for the times where we uh, drift and where we think somehow we can earn our salvation as if uh, our good works are going to impress you or something. There's nothing that we can do uh, to get into heaven other than to accept what you've already done for us, Lord. Um, We thank you for your cross. Uh, Help us to remember, to reflect on these things leading up to Easter. Uh, We know that uh, you wish no one to perish. You wish everyone to uh, come to repentance and receive eternal life. Um, Lord, help us to uh, find peace and comfort and clarity, uh, you know, by it, knowing that it is finished in the midst of everything that we're going through right now. Lord, help us to lean on each other. Help us to uh, lean on your Holy Spirit and his wisdom, and his guidance. Uh, guide us into your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. If you have questions or would like to know more about our church, please visit www.rittmangrace.org or email us at rittmangbc at aol.com.